The Golden Knights are behind the pace of where they were a season ago at this point through 40 games. We'll have our discussion next right here on Locked On Golden Knights. Your Locked On Golden Knights, your daily podcast on the Vegas Golden Knights, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi again, everyone. Tony Cardasco, Chris Golick from Las Vegas. Thanks for making us your first listen each and every day. We appreciate you doing so. Find us wherever you get your podcast, and please subscribe to the YouTube channel, Locked On Golden Knights. We are brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app today. Use the promo code Locked On, and you will get twenty dollars off of your first purchase. So, Chris, last night you sent me some comparables through forty games from a season ago. And VGK, at this point a season ago, had what, 54 points, this season 51 points. And so they're a little bit behind the pace of a season ago. And this is before they went into a little bit of a tailspin, right, before the All-Star game. Yeah, I mean, you know, first of all, the fact that the Golden Knights are only three points off of where they were last year from a year-over-year perspective. That's not too bad. Um, The Golden Knights currently rank second in the Pacific, four points between them and Vancouver right now. That's uh, starting to get some separation. They're basically tied with the Kings uh, when you factor the points percentage. Still watching Edmonton at 7-3 and and Seattle at 8-0-2 in their last 10 games, watching them climb the standings. Um. One thing to look at is why are the Golden Knights a little bit behind the pace? So the first thing I pulled up here is the game report from game number 38 last season, I want to say. This was against the Anaheim Ducks. Golden Knights looks like they dropped this one 3-2. I don't know if it was overtime. or Who cares? It doesn't matter. But here's some of the secondary names that were in this lineup to give you an idea of what the Golden Knights were going through this time last year. Dorofia was in the lineup. And remember, that'll be one of his earliest games in the NHL. Keep that in mind. Uh, Ben Hutton's in the lineup, so someone's out on the defense. Phil Kessel's in the line, is in the game. Uh, Lecision dressed, Miramanov dressed, Pahal dressed. So the Golden Knight defense was decimated this time last year, too. Um, Ron Bjerg is in the game as well. So that right there just gives you a glimpse of the Golden Knights were going through something similar this time last year. Just going to pull up one more random game, game 33 against the New York Islanders to see how long this little injury funk was happening. So this game, uh, that's the Islanders. Here's the Golden Knights. Um, Lecision, Miramanov, Ron Beard. So the Golden Knights were going through a similar injury spell this time last year. Maybe it's a little worse this year, obviously, being without half of the the goalie tandem. So long story longer, it's explainable. If you're looking at this from a, you run a department in a big business perspective, you have a reason for your sales being a little bit down year over year. And so uh, VGK, right before the All-Star break last year in January, went two and eight and then had that four game losing streak as part of it. 
Uh, could you see once everyone is back and the entire lineup returns from injuries and stuff, uh, can you see this team becoming a team that could have a pretty good jump after the break? I mean, let's talk about before the break first. Um, these next 10 games aren't easy, guys. Colorado, Boston, Rangers, Pittsburgh is going to be a tough game regardless of how they're doing. Um, and then you have two back-to-back road trips in a row in New Jersey and then Islanders the next nights. Yeah. Two days off and then in against the New York Rangers next night against the Red Wings. So that encompasses the next 10 games. The next 10 games, they got to, I mean, six and four really needs to be the target so they don't fall too far behind. Now, after the All-Star break, can this team turn it on? Edmonton, Arizona, Minnesota, Carolina, San Jose, Nashville, Toronto, Ottawa, Toronto, Boston. So the first half of February, it's pretty, I'm not going to say soft. There's no soft games anymore in the NHL, but it's a little more favorable than the next 10 games in January. The concern is if the Golden Knights have to turn it on. Like, there wasn't any concern about them missing the playoffs last year. It was, are they going to win the Pacific, yes or no? And obviously, we know how that story turned out. There's a different level of concern right now, which hopefully will have optimism the moment Aiden Hill gets back in the nets. And then some of the other reinforcements start to come back. You know what concerns me is earlier in the season, again, so under Cassidy, quick start, little lull, and then closing kick, right? That's what we saw season one. It's about where we're at right now. What is which concerning he's Boston to me, a lot too. What's concerning to me right now is that VGK isn't banking any points, even in losses. So they're not uh, getting into the extra period. They're not even getting the one point. These are regulation losses, and that to me has been a bit of a concern so far. No, it's a fair concern, and the Pacific Division, very well, that last week might be a five-horse race for the top, or at least a three-horse race. And who those three horses are going to be, nobody knows right now, because Seattle and Edmonton have inserted themselves back into the the equation, so to speak, and they're not going to stop. I mean, Edmonton's not going to stop, I don't think. I'll, I'll say this again. It's probably about the time last year I started saying this. Their goaltending and defense is getting things done right now. The goaltending and defense is coming around in Edmonton, which is going to make them a lethal you know, threat, not just for the Pacific, but for the Stanley Cup. As crazy as it sounds with the way things started, Seattle's looking like the team that got within a couple of goals of going against the Golden Knights in the conference final. And then obviously you have the Kings who have fixed a lot of their defensive issues. They can't win at home, but they fixed a lot of other things. And then the Vancouver Canucks, I don't think anyone expected what's happening. And the fact that we're at game 40 for both teams and they've separated themselves by four points with the Golden Knights, that's, you know, they, they've they earned the respect. They've earned the respect. They've earned where they are. And it's going to be interesting to see how these – now, this is where the where last season is going to help the Golden Knights, right? This is where this deep playoff run, Stanley Cup championship, the Golden Knights did something that 31 other teams did not do. They also learned – something 31 other teams did not learn about what it takes to win a championship and get to that point. So there's another gear coming from the Golden Knights. Will injuries prevent them from getting to the additional gear to getting to third or fourth gear, though, I guess is the biggest thing. What uh, teams are doing currently, Chris, and you watch this team very closely there at the press box. And again, you 
go to practices, you talk to players and what have you. Uh, teams are starting to adapt, if you will, uh, to the neutral zone and defending that part of the ice and not allowing VGK to get the odd man rush, rushes as much, right? And they're not getting a lot of these transition type of goals. And so, again, they have to work it. They're going, again, uh, below the net, and they're having to work it uh, from down low to high. Uh, it's a different type of mentality. Uh, you have to, again, credit Bruce Cassidy with these adjustments, but teams are also adapting, particularly in the West, to the Bruce Cassidy system, right? Of course, and Cassidy certainly has a unique system starting on the defensive side that prevents the odd man rushes and is a little more goalie friendly, maybe not as of late, but that's what it's supposed to be. And then on the flip side, yes, the Golden Knights are, I don't know how you even measure rush statistics, but they're going to be one of the best teams off the rush. They're going to be one of the best and quickest teams at getting the puck from point A to point B, point A being the Golden Knights defensive side, point B being the Golden Knights offensive side. They that that's been something that this team has done since season number one, and it just has some little slight changes to the three different coaching regimes now. So the way, and this will obviously come into the third segment as well, but they have to find additional ways to score, whether it's on the cycle, whether it's creating more power play opportunities. And, you know, Alec Martinez, not a name you're going to talk about scoring a lot of goals. Uh, Zach Whitecloud, Nick Haig. But those players need to find ways to do a little bit more in the absence of Shea Theodore. And you don't have a Ben Hutton in the lineup who does have a little bit of that rush ability. You don't have Daniil Miramanov, who was contributing from the defense this time last year. Um, maybe Lucas Cormier is that guy. But another topic for another show that we, we were talking about today, the Golden Knights had 10 defensemen on the ice lot yesterday for practice. Two of them, I think, were in red jerseys. But still, point being is... All of a sudden, now there's some options. Way to blow tomorrow's show topic right there, Garlic. You're great. Did you put that on the napkin? Is that on the napkin? That's on the napkin. Okay. So, you know, who's going to take the reins and run with it? This is something Cassidy says in so many different post-game press conferences. There's opportunity right now. There's opportunity for someone to grab onto this position. And, you know... Pahal isn't the guy. He he's knocked down the depth chart pretty quickly. Maybe Korzak was the guy, but you know he's been out for an extended period of time. Maybe Miramanov will become that guy, but he's coming off an ACL issue, which we finally got confirmation of that from Cassidy in the post game press conference yesterday. That takes a lot of time. Cassidy himself, I think uh, he uh, him and Patch Reddy did the same thing. I think they they tore both their ACLs, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, quick note: Patch Reddy first uh, assist with the Washington Capitals. I believe yesterday or the night before. So congrats to him. Hopefully uh, he keeps his ACLs intact. For sure. And coming up next, Aiden Hill returns this week for the VGK. How will Bruce Cassidy utilize his goaltenders? What will the rotation be? We'll talk about that when we return right here on Locked On Golden Knights. You can score right now and into the postseason with FanDuel. It's America's number one sports book right now. All new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to do it than right now as we go into the postseason. Point spreads, player props, totals, and much, much more. You could find it all on FanDuel. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off this NFL postseason. 
FanDuel, the official partner of the National Football League. Welcome back. Locked on Golden Knights, Tony Cardasco and Chris Golick from Las Vegas. We appreciate you making us your first lesson each and every day. Thank you so much for doing so. You can find us wherever you get your podcast, including Odyssey right there, um, of course, and Apple nice. and Look all sorts you. of places. Yeah. Uh, Lockdown has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Lockdown Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Lockdown, plus our national shows covering each and every league. Go to Lockdown Sports Today on YouTube. Subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. For Bruce Cassidy, the Boston game, I think, is, is bigger, right, emotionally. Uh, of course, um, he is invested in that uh, franchise and all that. And Aiden Hill gets his Brings return. Brings him up one out of every three press conferences. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> uh, talks about how lame that uh, shootout shot was by Pasternick. So lazy last night, which we'll talk about, of course, in depth on tomorrow's show. Uh, so Aiden, Aiden Hill returns uh, game back against the, the Bruins, I think. I think they'll play him in the Bruin game on Thursday. I don't know what your thoughts are. I think LT starts on the first end in Colorado uh, because I'll tell you what, Georgiev for the abs is not very good right now. Uh, he broke his stick last night. He was pretty fired up. Uh, and so he'll 10 2 2, 1.93, 933 save percentage, and all that. Um, I think he was in net, right? 7 nothing win against the abs. Wasn't that? Yeah, I think that was his game. In they any event, they didn't have a goalie that game. They, they didn't need a goalie that game. Uh, in any event, how do you think it shakes out here with Aiden Hill's return this week? I mean, you have a two day gap between potential starts from the Colorado game to the Cal Gary game. So like. you could argue that Coach Cassidy is going to want to get Hill back into the rotation. Starts on Wednesday comes back on Saturday. Logan goes on Thursday against Boston. And you think LT against which Boston? Goalie. Well, wow. I'm, I'm, I'm throwing out an options right now. Okay, I'm going to spit for a second. Okay. So the concern with doing that, number one, you got Colorado. You got the elevation. You got the fatigue factor. You got all these little extra nuances about playing a game in Colorado. What's a nuance? That uh, was something my... annoying. No, no, no. That <laughs> something... was my Vegas Bjorn, remember? Vegas Bjorn, no, they asked him in the postseason about nuances with the team. What's a nuance? Wow, Go that's ahead. I had no idea. That's pretty awesome. That wasn't even scripted right there, guys. No, that, nothing so, is. Other than no, napkins. Never, napkins. napkins. Maybe. So you have all these weird things about Colorado. Now you have a goalie who's played six minutes in the last, what, month or something like that before he re-injured himself. So I could see just based off of that, they might not want to roll, roll Aiden Hill out in Colorado. Um, and the other side of that, credit to Ken and Sinbin for this perspective, but it's a back-to-back -back scenario. At least you have a fresh goalie on Thursday. One of the players on the team is fresh, you know, especially Aiden Hill, who obviously wouldn't have played in XYZ number of games. So it wouldn't surprise me if Hill wasn't even on the active roster for Wednesday's game and Patera backed up just to be on the safe side. And then obviously Thursday is when Hill gets back in the rotation 
If Hill goes Thursday against Boston, I think Logan goes Saturday against the Flames, Calgary. And then Monday's game against the Preds, it's a weird game. It's a 3 o'clock game. So earlier start, shorter turnaround. I could see however it happens. I think in the next four games, each goalie gets two starts unless one goalie gets hurt, which is always in play. And then after that, you know, there's a six-game sprint to the All-Star break. I think each goalie gets three starts there, too. I think it's 50-50. Um, it's definitely be a good conversation if uh, Hill doesn't have a successful start because Coach Cassidy will put it out there what the rotation is after Thursday's game. LT could definitely have one more good game, you know, coming off of the W against the Islanders. Could have been a confidence builder of sorts. He's now 12-8-3, I believe. Uh, he's already played in 24 games. And the 2.83 goals against average, 902 save percentage for LT. Um, a season ago, he started 36 games, I believe, right? It was 36 or 37 appearances because there might have been like oh, a appearances, there, but okay. close enough. Uh, yeah. So uh, where do you think he's at as far as the number of starts and whatever uh, on LT compared to a season ago? Um, he's ahead of, as he's far ahead as of like eight. total number of games played yeah. year over yeah. year. Is that what you're asking me? I can yeah. get you that number in a second here, but I think just to talk about where he's at in general is the bigger question. So Cassidy has mentioned many times about how the goalies want to play. Hill wants more starts. Aiden wants more starts. That's obviously what goaltenders wants, but is Logan ready to make that transition is logan ready to take on this extra workload and you know right now the answer is he's not no. checked that box yet i mean no, you said 902 he, he came into this run i think in the 920s 19s yeah. i want to say yeah which, there's a big difference there there's a big difference there go ahead for a second tony i'll get you some numbers okay so yeah lt I think he's got one good start left in him. I, I definitely would play LT first on Wednesday in Colorado, uh, and then I would come back with Aiden Hill. And maybe so Aiden Logan Hill had gets, looks like uh, twenty nine. I'm sorry, Tony. You think maybe Aiden Hill gets back to back starts. I wouldn't if he plays no well. If he plays well in that first game, I think he'll come back against Calgary well, against the Flames. Yes, from that yeah. perspective, I would agree with. I thought you meant like. Like, will he go like the Monday, Tuesday against New Jersey and the New York Islanders? Um, so real fast, last year, let's use uh, January 7th as our benchmark. Logan had 29 total appearances by that point. Whereas this season now, we're in the 40th game of the season. Logan has actually had less games at 24 appearances. But that's also a skewed number because Logan has started, what, 10 of the last 11, 11 of the last 12, 10 of the last, whatever the number is, Logan has started a ton of games. So it's a, I don't, I don't, I don't know what it is with Logan, like why it's been tougher on him this year. The defense hasn't done him a lot of favors. We've talked about that so often, obviously. Mentally, mentally too. It just there's some, the there's something going on. There's something yeah. going on there. It's, it's clear as day. Anyone who's around the team for 30 seconds can see it. And, you know, and, and so what if there is like that? I mean, people struggle at their job. People struggle at their job, whether it's being paid as a professional athlete or whether you're running a poker room or 
whether you're you're taking orders at a restaurant or you're a waiter or wait like it doesn't matter people struggle on their job and they have things going on and it's important for people to acknowledge that sports athletes me and tony and everyone else we're all human it happens it happens and it's okay and you know just like professional sports is to any other job you're learning you're looking to get better you're trying to get promoted you're trying to make more money and all the things that's important to you. So, and if you're, you know, if take, you're, if you're me, you're trying not to drool on the show. You're trying not to drool. Oh, go ahead. Yes. No, go someone ahead. on YouTube took a good shot. That was a good run. Good run. So no, someone. Okay. So let, let, let's frame this entire thing. So you actually had a lot of comments really fast, Tony, as we completely, I'm go sure off they the were all terrific. It's not Friday yet, but okay. No, the, 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 there are some good ones though. The, what really got everyone's attention, Tony? You're not gonna. Well, you're not gonna believe this. But, well, first of all, kind of. What what Tony's referencing? First of all, we got a great comment on. Uh, I think it was from Eric Smith uh, on YouTube. Little Chris rules and Tony drools. So I, I I'll endorse that. That's but funny. Tony, you got. Let's see here. You got like four or five references about Colasar's big old booty in comments. I mean, let's see here. Colasar doesn't have a big old booty, and he did, he did a great screen there. Big old booty, and then and then goal. Stop talking about Colasar's booty. So Tony, there you go. Booty is a good trigger word for booty's dropping everywhere. Yeah, it's going to get us higher in the algorithm. So say booty more often. I'll say that Tony. more often. Coming trigger up, the next, algorithm. We will transition from big old booties to why does VGK have to work so hard, Chris, to score goals? They need Bruce more big old booties in front of the net. Bruce Cassidy offered some insight yesterday, and we'll talk about that next right here on Locked On Golden Knights. Game Time, the only ticketing app that gives you complete peace of mind with your purchase. Myself and Chris, we both use it. Game Time has deals on tickets right up until the start of the event, and even an hour after it starts, it is the place to find last-minute seats. Find exclusive flash deals on everything going on in the city here in Las Vegas and everywhere else on the NHL, on football, on basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and much, much more. And with zone deals, you pick the section and game time will pick the seats. It's an average of 18% savings. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with game time. Download the game time app today. Create an account. Use the promo code LOCKDOWNNHL for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply again. Create an account. Use the redeem code LOCKDOWNNHL. You will get $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets. Lowest price guaranteed. We are back from Las Vegas. Tony Cardasco, Chris Golick reporting. Thanks for making us your first listen each and every day. Make sure that you subscribe to the YouTube channel. And don't forget, uh, it's Lockdown Golden Knights. And on Fridays, WTF, which rapidly approaches each and every week. These weeks just zip by. And on Saturday, it's the Chris and Chris show. And little Chris had a little bit of a mic drop in the last oh, show there, fun. which is on fun. YouTube and exclusive. Are you still yeah. there? Yeah. I'm still here. I'm, I, I'm, I, was, I, I got some stats that just kind of crossed my mind, and now I want to go ahead. It and, yeah. Go do it. No, so really fast here, the, the topic of this segment is goals are not easy to come by, and Antonio will talk more about what Cassidy had to say, but looked really fast at the Golden Knights here. I wanted to see how many Golden Knights were in 
double digits as far as goals scored on the year. And right now it's four. Barbashev is at nine goals. He's right there. I was curious how that transferred to the other teams in the Pacific, but it's really right in line. Kings only got five goal scorers that are 10 and greater. Um, Seattle only three. So, okay. Oilers only five, but one of those, well, Zach Hyman is 25 goals. Jeez. Where McDavid only has 14, but he's got 40 assists already. Good God. Uh, Mm -hmm. Canucks got seven players with, with 10 or more goals. So, I don't know. I guess uh, maybe that wasn't the stat I was looking for. But no, yeah, little Chris had a great mic drop that involved him grabbing uh, probably a six pound Stanley Cup and just dropping it right on the desk during our uh, show. You got to go back and watch Locked On Golden Knights from this past Saturday, the Chris and Chris show. It's, it's about the 17 minute mark. 17 yeah. minute? Mark 17 minutes. Third, okay. third segment. Third segment. Okay. Third segment. Okay. So I was kind of surprised yesterday at the presser. By a comment that Bruce Cassidy made, he was pretty loosey goosey. I thought he, he talked about yesterday. He was having fun. He was good. He talked about the fact, right, Chris, that VGK. And the more you you think about this, of course, it's true because this is his team and he knows him very well. But this is not a VGK team, as he put it, that has a dominant one-time shooter, which makes so much sense, right? So that means they have to share the puck. And that means they have to do a lot of things away from the puck and find gaps and be a little bit more unselfish, I think, than other teams. He said uh, Jack Eichel is one of the best, but also he's a good passer, the best passer. So maybe he can pass the puck to himself and take the shot. Ha, ha, ha. Uh, this is why VGK has to work, though, right, for goals. Um, he said Marcia so can do it once in a while. Uh, he can take that shot off of a pass, although any – he has these subtle digs, though. He goes, yeah, he could take the shot off the pass. Not so much lately, though. <laughs> like, <laughs> what, what was that dig? It's Cassidy. I, I mean, I think I he's love having, it. it's, I think it's he's having subtle. fun there. It's subtle, but he gets, the players watch this, and he gets the point across, right? He said something else about when William Carlson got moved off the line, they were a minus two or something like that. And he's like, Oh, what about that one coach? Like he was like talking to himself in the third person. And it was, it, it, Cassie was having fun yesterday. It, it's he's good to super. see. I mean, those, no, he's those great. press he's conferences, great. the practice ones are, are gold, but they don't get as much, you know, as many views as the game ones. So, yeah, I mean, looking at the lineup, as far as the one timers, March is so okay. Fine. I mean, Eichel, yes, March is so, he has it, but it's not a lethal one-timer by any means. Um, you Nick uh, Hague, Shea Theodore. Shea Theodore I was going to end with, but yeah, Nick Hague oh, you're gonna end. Okay. has I, that I shot. You oh, Nick, Nick Hague has that shot, but he doesn't the get Hager himself bomb. in those areas. That's not his game. That's not his game. So Shea Theodore does have that one-timer. It's not a it's not a, I mean, it's a good shot. It's not a it's not as big as like um some other defensemen's shots could be, but it's a smart shot. I think He's I just drooled. On, I stuff. just drooled. On That's fine. That's okay. I, I said William Carlson. He started drooling. Um, but <laughs> the Golden Knights, like you said, find the gaps, find the soft spots, find the areas. And this isn't as much about the players doing this stuff as much as it is Cassidy finding ways to tinker the lines so players can complement each other in the right way. Um, this is why I thought Ivan Barbashev's game really went to another level with Mark Stone and Jack Eichel on the ice together because Mark Stone commands 
that presence in front of the net. Jack Eichel creates the time and the space. All Barbashev has to do is find that soft spot, and he was finding those soft spots, whether it was rebounds, one-timers, and stuff along those lines. So now you look at the second line where you have Marcheseau, you have Barbashev, and you have Chandler Stevenson. Or no, Mark Stone. Hold on, who's on the second line? Today. Second line, I'm sorry. Second line is now Stevenson, yeah. Stone, Stone, Dorfiev. Yeah. And Dorfiev has goals in consecutive games right now. And you had that tremendous tic-tac-toe goal against the Islanders where literally the second pass, I think it was Mark Stone's pass, all it did is hits Dorfiev's stick and he didn't have to do anything. It, it was that great of a play right there. As far as the biggest thing for me about goals not being easy to come by, it's the secondary scoring. I don't care how this team scores, breakaways, rushes, one-timers, power, whatever it is, but you need players like Nick Wah, who got two goals against the Islanders. You need Dorofiev to continue his scoring touch. Brett Howden needs to get a few more goals. He needs to get on the board. Um, Mike Amadio is having a good season, but now he's down on the, the fourth-line center. We'll see. How that's going to shake out. Paul Cotter is kind of buried down there too. Um, and you got a player like Denisenko, who's not a fourth line winger. I'm not saying he deserves to be higher in the lineup, but Denisenko is not a fourth line energy role player. If you had Denisenko up on the first or second line, you'd see a different version of him, but there's many better players on this roster to take on that role. So putting a bow on my side of this, secondary scoring will fix everything with the goals not being easy to come by. At least one time a game, I really would like to see Jack Eichel just let it rip from that left circle. At least once a game, just let it rip. I don't care. Just put the puck on net. I, that's his, that's yeah. the most lethal shot this team has right now. As oh, long as there, that, there needs to be a bit of traffic sometimes, but yeah, I'm with you on that. I would like to and see what, more a, that. what about that Brisson guy? He's on... He's on Cassidy's radar, and it's funny you mentioned that. It's funny that Cassidy mentioned that too, because I feel like that he called him Brisson. And no, that's that's just standard operating procedure nowadays. When you listen to the way Cassidy says the names of this team, but I thought, and I could be wrong. I I thought Cassidy mentioned Denisenko before he came up not too long ago. So, and Cassidy did reference Brisson. Brisson as when he gets his chance at this level. He said it like that. Does that mean it's coming this season? I don't know. The way things are going with the injuries, it probably is going to happen some point this season. But, you know, you can't help but not to look at the future of this team right now. You got the core in place for a long time in Stone, Eichel, Petrangelo, Carlson. You know, those players are going to be here for, for a while. Shea Theodore, Zach Whitecloud. But this next crop of players that's coming up, who's a lot cheaper as far as AAV goes in Brisson, in Dorofiev, in Lucas Cormier. Um, Jake Bischoff is someone else on the defensive level who could make an impact at this at this level. You still have like Ron Bjerg down there who is good when needed. So you almost wonder what the path could be this offseason or sooner if things don't go well for the Golden Knights in these next, you know, 18 or so games. We appreciate everyone tuning in. But they got a napkin, Tony. That could be a topic. That could be a topic. If I don't write about it today. Coming up on tomorrow's show, we will preview VGK in Colorado against the Avalanche. And then, of course, I'll talk about the rig schedule because they should have been playing a game here first and then traveling on the road. 
Hey, I'm funnier than Joe talk, Coy. Talk about the schedule; it puts me asleep. Bro, we're There's funnier. I think overall, we're definitely funnier than Joe Coy. Uh, his uh, stand up there on the Golden Globes, which yeah, you know, I totally like the fact that he just said f everybody and said he the just bombed saying my own. I thought that was good. He just bombed. I like him. I never oh, knew who he that. was before. We that, do this. Da- we do this daily. We bomb daily. We appreciate the every day. The numbers show. Thanks for helping us out here along the way with all of your comments. I'll promise you I won't drool on tomorrow's show. And, of course, uh, make sure that you tune in to WTF on Fridays, What the Friday, with all of your comments and such. The Chris and Chris Show, that appears on Saturdays exclusively on the YouTube channel. For my man Chris Golick, I'm Tony Cardasco from Las Vegas. We'll see you tomorrow right here on Locked On Golden Nights. Take care.